Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Thank you for hanging out with us on First and Pod. You know the drill by now. I'm Danny Parkins. He's Andrew Filipponi. We host radio shows in Chicago and New York. Or Chicago. We went to school in New York. Uh, Chicago and Pittsburgh, respectively. We cover the NFL. And we're old buddies from college. We do every team every week, every game. Subscribe, rate, review, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully you already checked out our AFC preview. Now we will go through every team for the NFC. And then our next pod after this one, it'll be game week for the NFL. And we'll be talking about all the week one matchups, the gambling, the odds, the storylines, etc. Uh, Pony did the AFC rundown. He did it in order of the odds. I did the NFC one. Uh, in order of the division. So that's the only the slight difference from this one to the last one. So, Pony, we will start with the NFC East and the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. My question to you, my friend, what is the Eagles' weakness? Well, I think it's probably going to be that there's some turnover on defense. It's a new coordinator, and there's going to be some uh, new faces at linebacker and at safety. But that's pretty nitpicky. Um, yep. You know, one thing that I do not think is a weakness is hurts. You know, and I, the, the way the way the, why I'm saying that is because, you know, I think everybody was so blown away by what the guy did in the Super Bowl, even in a losing effort. But as time has gone on, I feel like a lot of people in our business have fallen back into bad habits, and when they're bringing up the great quarterbacks. They're saying Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, and they're leaving Hurts off that list. And and I don't even I think it's almost subconsciously. And I, I still think the guy fights an uphill battle in that he was a second round pick who was originally drafted to be maybe like a change of pace to the franchise quarterback there, Wentz. And I still think he deals with what happened in college when he was benched in a championship game for Tua and had to transfer to Oklahoma. And in college, he looked like he was a limited player where he was a lot more runner than passer. And so for whatever reason, I don't hear him consistently brought up like he's like right below Mahomes. And I think this year he's going to do it again and he will cement himself as one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. I think it's crazy if people are more talking about the college situation than what he did in the damn Super Bowl. You know, it was, it was the Super Bowl. It was the last football game we saw. He was unbelievable. Yeah, he had the fumble, but he put up 35 in a loss. So, But I, I think Burrow was- gets more credit for what he did in the Super Bowl two years ago against the Rams than Hurts does. And I think it's so, because of where they were drafted and what people thought of the players before they entered the league. But Burroughs had multiple great years. Allen's had multiple great years. Mahomes obviously has had multiple great years. Hurts has had one great year. Right, but I'm saying after they lost the Super Bowl, it was one injured year for Burrow in one great year. That's That's it. That's true. That's true. But yes, you're right. In in that, if we go back in time on Burrow, uh, that is absolutely true. And then I do think the, the national championship and how good he was in college and the number one pick factored into it. I'm saying that you were like, now why people leave Hurts off the list like present day, it's because he's done it one time. I, th- I And I think that that is a bigger part of it. And that he does have an awesome situation around him. But 
in terms of believing in their offense, man, like, yeah, they lost a little bit of offensive line depth, but their offensive line is still awesome and it's still deep. And they still have arguably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. I wouldn't pick them as number one, but it's certainly top five. And their defensive line is ridiculous. Their corners are very good. I think if I was going to nitpick, I would say safety. Um, maybe that'll be a thing for them, but their pass rush should be good enough to overcome it. Losing both coordinators, right, Steichen and Gannon. I don't think Gannon's any good, but I do think that Steichen was impressive, and it's always an interesting thing Like if you're not in the building to totally know who the real brains of the operation was. I think like, Sirianni's the real brains of the offense. I, I tend to also, and I know that he was the brains of how aggressive they were. He was arguably the most impressive in-game coach in the entire season last year. So I think they're the favorite in the NFC, and I think that they are the deserved favorite. Obviously, they could lose, but I, I'm not going to go into this year doubting that team. Yeah, I like them a lot, too. I think they can get back to the Super Bowl. I think they will get back to the Super Bowl. All right, the Giants. Your question is, what would back-to-back playoff seasons do for your belief in one Daniel Jones? I feel like he would stop being a punchline. Like It's like... You don't think that's already happened? No. No. I think he got the contract and most people, and this is always a rough thing to say most people, and you listen to more New York Sports Talk Radio uh, than I do, certainly, but I I think that Daniel Jones getting paid and making the playoffs was looked at like, the Giants locked themselves in to a limited upside quarterback, and he's like almost used as a, a cautionary tale of like, you want your quarterback to be good enough that you win because of, not just good enough to get paid, but yeah. still be a problem like Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr or guys like that. And I don't think that he's proven that much. Certainly not as much as Kirk Cousins. Uh, but it's so I, I think that if he got back to the playoffs in a year where most people did not believe in them as a playoff team last year, even though it would likely be as a wild card and even though the NFC is weaker, the what it would do for Daniel Jones and Brian Dable but the question was about Daniel Jones specifically is it would be like, Oh, okay. He's a top half of the NFL quarterback. He's a guy that you win because of. And that to me is like the number, the first fault line of like debating quarterbacks. Do you win with them or because of them? And if he goes back to the playoffs again, when nobody's expecting them to, I think he would cross that line into you win because of them. I do think it, look, I think that part of it is though, how he does it. Um, I mean, he still threw what 17 touchdown passes last year, 18. Most quarterbacks t- are mobile though. Now, like it's, well, it's, it's not as much of a knock anymore. Well, I know, but when you see a number that that's, that that's that low, I think well, most people low. would be surprised to hear that he didn't really have for a team that made the playoffs and won a playoff game. He didn't even have 20 touchdown passes. Um, to your point though, like they're largely, it's interesting when the season was happening, Brian Dable was getting all kinds of credit for this masterful coaching job. What a great job to take a team that was considered one of the worst in the NFL and make them a playoff team. The reaction in the offseason has largely been, well, actually, they were just a lucky team last year. It was a fluke. It was a one-off. It won't happen again. No one is picking them really to make the playoffs outside of New York. The playoff odds back that up. So it's interesting, like, there's all this belief in Dable, but at the same time, now it is, yeah, but they're not going to be good. So they're they're expecting Dable, clearly, to do an inferior coaching job this year for them to fall back to being like a six or seven win team. So if Daniel Jones uh, gets them back to the playoffs, then, you know, it might just be Danny that, like, Brian Dable, like, gets into that Kyle Shanahan conversation where it's like, man, they have a great offensive coach. Oh, it's it, it. Listen, I, I worded the question around Daniel Jones, but it's in play that Dave ends up getting more credit than well, Jones. That's what I mean. Like you said, what would playoff seasons do? If they go 10 and seven and make the playoffs and Jones has a similar season, I think I might just say the coach has, is able to elevate the play of a quarterback, and I'm still going to view Daniel Jones as a league average quarterback. 
I think I think that's totally fair. I think that's a totally fair answer to the question. It would obviously depend on how it goes down, but I I go into this year still looking at him as more of a, a liability than an asset. And if they go to the playoffs back to back years, it's going to be tougher to make that argument. Um, yeah, I wrote this question because of my hatred of Mike McCarthy and that con artist that he is. But I will ask you this: He is a co-favorite to be first coach fired. Is that deserved? I don't really think so because of what they've done the last two years going to the playoffs both times. Uh, you know, the executioner that they met was the San Francisco 49ers and everybody like has so much respect for like the talent, overall talent and coaching of that team. One game was non-competitive and last year's playoff game was very competitive. Well, actually both games were competitive. Like the Cowboys had chances late to change the outcome of those games. Um, I just think that there's a, and, and I share this thought, like I just feel like in Dallas, and we saw this play out before when you had Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett, I honestly think it's a situation where I think I believe in the defensive coordinator, the coordinator more than I do the head coach. Yeah. And, and right. So like, <laughs> If if uh, if Mike McCarthy goes nine and eight this year and they miss the playoffs, I could see Dan Quinn being promoted as head coach. There's not a lot of situations in the NFL that resemble this one where the head coach, I think, is actually looking over his shoulder to somebody on his own staff who could replace him. And like I said, we've already seen it happen in Dallas before. So. You know, does Mike McCarthy deserve to be lumped in with like Josh McDaniels as favorites to be the first coach fired? Probably not based on their win totals the last two years. But hey, you got to piss or get off the pot if you're the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and he doesn't want to continue to be a bridesmaid into his 80s. So I think that the loss of Kellen Moore is going to be big. And I think that this guy has an archaic view of offensive football. But he's got such good talent, again, that it masks it. I think it masked it with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And I think largely it's been masked in Dallas. They've got a very good offensive line. CeeDee Lamb's a stud. Pollard's a stud. Dak, when it's 70 and sunny, is very damn good. And it often is in Dallas. Lawrence, Parsons, Diggs, studs at premium positions. Gilmore comes in too, so they've got a good second corner. Yep. like They have great players at premium positions. It's a good way to build a football team. It's a good way to make a coach look competent. And Jerry Jones is pretty loyal. He doesn't like to admit mistakes. So like firing coaches in season, not often. You know, like I, I would think Kevin Stefanski – more likely. I would think Ron Rivera more likely to be fired first over Mike McCarthy. But next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, Dan Quinn's already he's right there. And if because if they didn't fire McCarthy to go after Sean Payton, I do think McCarthy's job is fairly safe because I think Jerry Jones believes in him. Like I think that the con of Mike McCarthy has convinced uh Jerry Jones that he's got a good coach. I think that's what's happened there. Well, just a quick thought to follow up. I think that I, I talked to somebody because uh, I brought up the same point that you did about McCarthy as an archaic dinosaur guy, and he said it's not true. He actually is a is a bigger believer in the pass game and wants to throw it more, and the numbers back that up over his career. Now, the rebuttal is he had Aaron Rodgers, but that was the point that the person tried to make to me on that. Um, right. I know, yeah. I know we're going to have disagreement on this team, so I'm going to ask the question. I like Washington plus 300, plus 310 to make the playoffs. Why? This, I'm buying the Sam Howell hype. You they are? are? Yeah, he's looked good in the preseason. He's a, he's a good talent. He's got a big arm. Danny, good. he was a fifth-round pick. How good of a talent is he if he was picked in the fifth round? They were wrong. Who was they wrong? Were, the people who missed on drafting him, Pony. The people who missed on drafting him. He, he was considered, what was his story in college, right? He was considered like one of the number one recruits. 
and then he had an issue in college or something like that, and he fell in the draft. Sam Howell, man, have you seen the highlight package? Have you watched those like clips that people put on Twitter of like every snap of uh, you know Justin Fields or what uh, Kenny Pickett or whatever? Yeah, I think he's a poor man's Baker Mayfield. Oh no, no, no! He's got a much bigger arm. He's got a Mayfield. Mu- yes, yes. That arm helped Mayfield be the number one pick in the draft. He can make a lot of throws. Baker Mayfield. This guy was a fifth round. He's a little guy. He's just a little guy. So is Sam Howell. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Sam Howell, man, that dude with, with McLaurin, who I know has the toe injury with Dotson and then their defensive line talent, that team and Eric B enemy coming in. I don't know, man. I actually think in a week NFC that that's a nine win, 10 win team that can make the playoffs. I'll say nine wins for the commanders, the yeah. sixth seed or the seventh seed. Yeah. I think that, fifth round or later quarterbacks are almost always backup quarterbacks and almost always never anything more than that. And one game against the Cowboys. Kirk Cousins was a fourth round pick. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. You've set a fairly arbitrary uh, line here. Uh, The league sets sets an arbitrary line by saying once every team picks, it starts a new round. And there are not guys fifth round and later who develop into NFL starting quarterbacks. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just how it works, man. Oh, is that how it works? I just, I'm stunned that you're like, by the way, Howell's story, you're a little bit off on. He was really good. His. What uh, was the story though? He he was. Well, they lost all their, they, the, all the running backs went to the NFL. They had two NFL running backs, Carter and Williams, who went to the league. And so his second to last year there, Right, he, he was, had a good year, then he had a bad year before the draft. Correct. That's what it was at North correct. Carolina. That's what it yeah. was. Okay, yeah. yeah um, let's not let's not slander him and say he got in all kinds. Something happened, and that's why his draft. Yeah, it was no, it was around him. That was what it was. Yeah, that was what it was. Uh, dude, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Chase Young. It's a good defensive line. Yeah, you say that Mike McCarthy's a dinosaur. What's that make Ron Rivera? He's got Eric Bieniemy now. We'll see. Okay. Uh, let's go to the NFC North. You wrote in for the Lions. Why do people doubt them? So that means you don't doubt them. So do you want me to play devil's advocate and tell you why I doubt them and I'm picking the Lions to miss the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, their defense isn't any good. Let's start there. Their defense is probably let's say optimistically, the 19th best defense in the NFL? If they have the 19th 19th best defense in the NFL, they're winning 11 games. No, they're not. not. If not 12. See, it's interesting because when we did this season preview podcast last year, I don't recall you feeling that way about Jared Goff. All of a sudden, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator there, has turned into some conglomeration of Bill Walsh, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, where like he's everyone. I watched the games. Yeah, I watched a lot of their games too. Did you see him in New England when I think they scored zero points and got beat? Like they had bad games last year. They had a lot of games where they even had a lot of cosmetic points where they got down big to teams and then came back and lost close games because they trailed. They had a huge second half turnaround. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't trust their quarterback to have a consistent, you know, consistently be good year in and year out. He's never done that in his career. And I don't think he's getting better coaching in, in Detroit than he got in L.A. I think that Jared Goff, when he's in a good situation, plays well. When was he in a bad situation with the Rams? No, listen. When he listen, when he was younger, there's no question that he was inconsistent. Oh, right. When he, but I'm saying when he had Jeff Fisher, yeah, he had a. I'm saying, but with McVeigh, he was always put in a good situation. They still didn't think he was enough to win a Super Bowl with. They were right. Okay. Last year, in that spot, older player playing in a dome, weak NFC, whatever you want to say, he didn't make mistakes, man. He had a crazy high completion percentage, and he threw seven picks the entire season. Like, he he didn't make mistakes. And yeah. he and he had often, what they call a career year. Okay, 
Offensive lines better than the Lions in the entire league. Eagles? Niners? Yeah, I think they have a top five line. Okay. If you have a top five offensive line and you've got an offensive coordinator who's getting head coaching interviews and you've got – I know Jamison Williams is suspended for six games and so that's going to be and, a rocky start. And, and 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 there's just like this assumption that he's going to be a great player. How many catches did he have last year? One. Jamison Williams? Yes. You mean touchdown catches? No, I mean touch cut. I mean catches. Period. It, I think it was, it was. It was two. It was two. Okay, my bad. I was. I needed to double that number. You needed to double that number. Yeah. Why is there this assumption that he's just this great player? Looks pretty good. When? <laughs> With the two catches. Those two catches. Those Sam Howell highlights and those two catches have Danny convinced. Yeah. Danny, they they effed up the draft royally. They took an inside linebacker with a top 20 pick. Yeah, they Campbell took a running back that they did not need. They did not. With that offensive line, why take a running back? You've got Montgomery. Well, because they're lining him up in the slot the whole camp. He's going to he's gonna be Bijan Light, man. He, dude, Jameer Gibbs might have 50 catches this year. 60 catches. Like, he he. that is not going to be a guy that's yeah, just going to be Yeah, crazy. Instead of having a slot receiver running back, I think I would have just preferred to take an actual wide receiver with that pick. I think Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown is very, very good with Gibbs, with Montgomery, with a great offensive line. And, man, okay, the defense – you said 19 – Let's see if they can cover. Well, they they spent a ton of money in the secondary on – right, they added Sutton. They added Gardner Johnson uh, from from the Eagles. Yeah. They spent money in free agency on – who was the other one uh, who they added? But – Oh, uh, Emmanuel M- Mosley, right? Isn't he a lion now? Yeah, I, they, they 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 added three veterans in the secondary in in free agency to make it passable. Aiden Hutchinson has to be great, no question. I like Kaminsky. He doesn't get a lot of love, but I like Kaminsky as another guy coming off the edge. Campbell is a draft pick. Okay, fine, we'll see. It's a linebacker. I would not have made that pick for sure. Ryan Branch, they drafted. Yeah. Okay, but I just. I just think that they, if the defense is anywhere around league average, yep. Plus their their ceiling offensively, I think it's a pretty damn good team, man. I think they're the third best team in the NFC. Uh, the next team here is the Vikings, uh, and yeah. is the offense good enough to make them good? So, I, along with everybody, thought that they were a fraud last year. We talked about it all. They had a negative point differential as a 13-win team. Right. It's never happened before, right? They would play good teams and get blown out, and then they would eke out wins against bad teams, and it was just clearly smoke and mirrors, and no one thought they were going to do anything. So I I wanted to say I agreed with everybody that regression, 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 regression. You look at their offense. I knew you were going to do this because this is the point that I made with them all of last year. When people would say that they sucked and I would say, yeah, like they've been lucky to win games, but I actually like the, I think their team on paper is good. I would say that all the time. But you. so like, I don't, I don't think, I think their defense is going to be atrocious. I like Flores more than most, but. So it's like, so it's like I, I think their defense is going to be really bad. Yep. But I don't – so but I think their offense is going to be really good. So I think that they're going to be an over team. I think they're going to be a team that I want to have a lot of investment in in fantasy football. I think that they're a team that, like, if you play DFS, like Alexander Madison it, behind that offensive line is going, to, is going to be a guy who you're going to want to stream and is going to get a ton of touches. You know what I mean? Like I, They're going to run a ton of plays – Kirk Cousins is going to have over 600 pass attempts again. Like, like I, th- I, I, I think, I think they can be – yeah, I think they can be a fun team. I think what happened last year was people started to get so pissed off that they were winning these games and they had this inflated record that even though they had they had Jefferson and they had Cook and they had Hutchinson Hawkinson and they had Cousins throwing 30 touchdowns again, like it just got to a point where like it was really cool – like people thought it was the cool thing to do to just rip them 
And I think if you remove that, like if they're, if they actually, if they play, they don't exceed expectations or they don't win games that they should lose. I think they have a potential. I think they have the chance to be one of the most fun teams in the league this year. Like I think they will be right around 500, but I agree with everything you said about their offense. I want to see Addison. I want to see Jefferson. I want to see Madison. Their offensive line is competent. They have a good offensive play caller. Like it's, that's a team that should pretty good. That's I a team that should play. Yeah, that should be a team that plays a ton of shootouts. I like watching like, shootouts. They should yeah. play a million of them. Yeah, they, I exactly. I think I, as long as they're healthy on offense, because it's not the deepest team, but as long as they're healthy on offense, they they should be pretty damn fun. Um. Obviously, the biggest story with the Packers is Jordan Love. We can talk about their defense with eight first-round picks. We can talk about the young skill position guys. There's, it's a fascinating team. But what do you think Jordan Love needs to do this year after they gave him that weird fake contract extension for them to not be looking for a quarterback in the draft or in free agency or the trade market this offseason? What, yeah, what benchmarks does he need to hit? Yeah, I think this is a really good question. Um like seven, I am seven teams into my rundown, you finally say good question. I, I am reminded of how things went for Aaron Rodgers the first year of the Brett Favre divorce. Favre went to New York, the Jets won nine games and missed the playoffs. And Green Bay was actually terrible that year. A lot of people forget that. Like that's been lost to the dustbin of history. That Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starting quarterback did not go well. I think they won six games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so Jordan Love's getting a much later start on things. But we know the Packers have a conservative mindset. I mean, I think he'd have to be like Zach Wilson level bad to move on. I don't think that's going to happen, and I think he's going to. And I'm just trying to like will it that he's not going to be. Oh, good. I know that. We, but I don't. But I don't. I don't. I don't think he's going to be Zach. I, I, cause I, I, by all accounts, the kid's smart. You know, like I, I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed. I don't so, think he's going to take like you know fetal position sacks because he doesn't see plays developing. Right. So I think like us on the outside are looking at it like this is a dude in his fourth year. Even though he hasn't played, he should be evaluated as a guy that's not a rookie. I think the Packers are kind of going to look at him like a first-year quarterback. And if he has, you know, a so-so year or subpar year, I don't think that they're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just go back in to the, to the draft and take a quarterback. Now, they might do what, like, other teams have done. You know, Hendon Hooker in Detroit, for example. Something like that, where I could see them taking a guy in the middle rounds. They did that in this draft. They took Sean Clifford. Um, so yeah, I can see, yeah, I could see that happening again, but I think, I think Jordan Love would have to completely fall on his face for them to move on. I, I tend to think so too. Um, but I do think that there is a world in which they say we have a team like, like Christian Watson looks awesome. And David Bakhtiari and uh, Elton Jenkins are elite players. Who who knows how much prime they have left? They're heavily invested at running back in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They have eight first round picks on their defense. One of the most under one of the biggest underachievers of any unit in the NFL last year was the Green Bay Packers defense. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a world, like a simulation of this season, where the defense, they added Lucas Van Ness, they have Rashawn Gary, they have Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, Campbell. They, like, they've got studs on defense who just, for whatever reason, did not play well together. Part of it was Jair Alexander and injuries and all that. But, like, I think there is a world in which the defense is very good and it feels like that they're a quarterback away. And they just and and Jordan Love isn't good, but he's a below average player, and they get aggressive to try to accelerate the window. I do think I like I because the team is pretty damn talented, man. They underachieved in a lot of ways last year. It wasn't just Aaron Rodgers, they underachieved in a lot of ways. And I think Christian Watson is a legitimate player. So I do think I again, I wouldn't put this at 50-50, but 
there is a simulation of this season where they look at it and say that they are a quarterback away from a contender in the NFC and whoever like disgruntled quarterback veteran X is next year, they try to make a move for him. I do think that's in play. Team me up for the next one. Okay. Does my guy, Justin Fields, take the leap? Yes, he does. And I, by proxy, like feel like I, I haven't been called into service. Like I haven't been drafted in to like be a part of your army, but I'm getting like really put off by like all of these people that are like, he can't throw, like, look at the tape from last year and no quarterback has been this inaccurate and gone on. Like stop using Josh Allen as an example, like all of these predictable uh, shots at Justin Fields. Uh, I think the Bears are going to be the team in the NFL this year that we see every year that goes worst to first. Uh, I think they are this year's edition of like the Jaguars and Bengals before that. Uh, I think you are in store for a truly special season. I think it's going to be the best season in Chicago football since 2010. Uh, I think Fields is going to get MVP votes. I think they're going to win the NFC North. I think he's going to go for over a thousand yards rushing and over 20 passing touchdowns. And he is going to will that team to an NFC championship game this year. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. Oh my God. I felt it move now. Love it. Okay. I, I feel very uncomfortable why? Because you have to be the guy now that like says bad things about Justin Fields to really well, back cause, in. Because I am on the record as loving Justin Fields and being all in. And I threw a party last year after a loss on the air. Yeah, I love that party because we have we finally have a quarterback. Like I am a believer in Justin Fields, man. Like, yep. Um, so I feel uncomfortable being on a show where I don't have the hottest Justin Fields is good positive take. Uh, I don't think there's a world in which this team makes the NFC Championship game. I Their defensive line is really bad. It's like bottom two or three in the entire NFL. I think they're going to really struggle to stop the run. And, okay. they also, and they also were bottom two in the NFL in sacking the quarterback and pressure rate last year. So... I think that there is a scenario in which, and I'm here for it, and I've advocated for it. Well, why do you have a defensive coach that you're paying to be a head coach? Why did you give Tremaine Edmonds that money? You get Jackson back and those guys in the secondary. Again, I think think the back seven of 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 the defense is pretty good. The secondary is young, but very talented. The linebacker core is great, but more coverage guys than than pass rushers. And yet, if Matt Eberflus is legit, He's going to get them to overachieve. And they drafted Jervon Dexter out of Florida and Zach Pickens out of South Carolina with two of their first four picks. So, But it's tough for interior defensive linemen as rookies to make an impact. Yannick Ngakwe has to be great. You know what I mean? Like, They're not deep. They had 45 of their 90 guys on their initial training camp roster who were rookies, first- or second-year players. Like What's wrong with that? I like young players. I like young teams. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're. I'm just saying they're they're very young. They're closer to the beginning than the end uh, of the rebuild. So the team thing, I can't get there all the way with. You, you. never know with with these windows to win. When you have a when you have a great quarterback, you're right. Who's in his early 20s? It could happen in the blink of an eye. And I predict that Fields is going to be one of the best players in the entire NFL this season. I think he's going to take the league by storm. And so, are there deficiencies on defense and holes on the roster? Of course there are, but you've got a guy who I think is a force multiplier because he is a huge matchup problem because of how dual threat he is. And I I, I buy him as a guy that is a, an above average passer, but we just haven't seen it yet because of the weapons they haven't had there and the inability of their line to protect him. I agree with all of that. I really do. And I think that like the stuff that people have said around this preseason with like, because it was not... He sat out the second preseason game. The first preseason game, he threw three passes. DJ Moore took one that was behind the line of scrimmage to a touchdown. Khalil Herbert took a pass that was behind the line of scrimmage uh, to a touchdown. And then in the third preseason game, 
he didn't look all that great. Um, but on a very small sample, obviously, like he hasn't had the the highlights like the Penny, Kenny Pickett has thrown the ball down the field. Uh, so I've been jealous of you in that way, just in terms of the hype. But the thing with Fields is, obviously, when they play the Packers on September 10th, he will be a dual threat quarterback. And in the preseason, they have absolutely no interest in that. So yeah. when people are like, oh, he doesn't look special. He doesn't look. But the whole thing is that he's impossible to defend because you can't sell out on the pass rush. You know what I mean? Because of all yeah, that. Of so course. He has to get rid of the ball faster. He can't take 55 sacks on just 318 pass attempts. Like his sack rate was historically bad last year. I understand the concerns with the dude, but the offensive line's better. The skill position guys are better. He is unbelievable and he's smart and he's committed and his second year in the system. So I think he's going to take a massive leap. I just can't get there with you on NFC Championship game. But man, I love the take. Let's do the West and leave the South for last. So the 49ers. You said that they're one of four uh, minus money favorites to win their division. So you've got to wager more than you win in order to uh, to bet them. Do they yeah. deserve it, in your opinion? Should they be that big of a favorite? So, like, so part of this is obviously the product of the division, right? Like you have to have a legitimate competitor and a legitimate team that you could see doing it. So I don't want to talk too much about the Rams or the Seahawks, given that this is our 49ers question, because I do think that they've got the best coach and I do think that they have the best roster by far. But does it not strike anyone as wild that Brock Purdy is a minus money favorite to win the division? Like I Let's put it this way. I, I, I drafted them fourth in our Super Bowl uh, thing with you, me, and Nick. When we were drafting teams, that win the, like I, I know they're good. I know their their roster is potentially great, and maybe they would have won the Super Bowl if they had a quarterback who could throw the ball down the field. But four teams have this level of distinction as a favorite, and one of them is quarterbacked by Brock Purdy, and the other three have Pat Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts. I just it, 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 it was cause for alarm for me when yeah. I saw that, you know? So I don't think the 49ers, I, I went back and forth on this. I don't have the the guts or the balls to pick them to miss the playoffs. I don't. No. I still think because of their overall roster health, they will make it. But considering where other people are and what they're saying about the 49ers, I would say that I'm out on them. I think they'll be a good team. I don't see great team. I think at this point, it is fair now to question their evaluation at quarterback. So even though Shanahan has this system, yeah. right? Everyone, Shanahan has the system that brings out the best in these guys, apparently. But because they effed up the Lance thing so bad, I don't just trust them to say, well, what Brock Purdy did in the last seven games of 2022, if so fat, so he's going to do the same thing in 2023 and maybe even do better than that. No, I think it's I think it's quite possible. In fact, I think it's probable that the 49ers have a below average quarterback. And because of that, I think that there's a ceiling, much like there was with Jimmy Garoppolo, on how much damage this team can do. So, yeah, I've got the 49ers as like a 10-win team, but I don't have them like like do they deserve to be this big of a favorite? I'm going to answer your question. No, I do not think they should be. So that, that's kind of how I felt. But then at the end of the day, I also could obviously see them winning the Super Bowl. I, like, you know what I, mean? I don't see that at all. I don't. Their, their roster's amazing, man. Like, Well, just, if, that, if that happens, then there's going to be a paradigm shift in the league. And teams are going to be like, let's just try to go cheap on the quarterback and not give guys $80 million a year because of what San Francisco was able to do building an entire team. It's really hard to do it, man. They have studs everywhere. You know what I mean? They, they, like everywhere. They have studs. It's really hard to do. Um, all right. Late on me. Gino. Gino. Can Gino build on his breakout year, Seattle? So I think a lot of people have just jump to the conclusion that because of the Jackson Smith and Jigba draft pick, that the answer here is yes. 
It's wild to me. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba was a great college receiver. But they had, had a nice highlight in the preseason. He did, but they're major. But there are major questions about him as an NFL wide receiver. He's not fast. He's not a fast guy. He's not a big guy. So I just wonder about his ability to get open. I definitely don't think, even if he is good, I don't think it, he's he's enough of an added bonus to their roster where I'm like, okay, I was 50-50 on Geno Smith following up on what he did last year. And now because of a guy they drafted in the middle to late first round, I'm convinced that he's going to have another monster season. I'm just not. Like, we've talked about, like, Jalen Hurts on this show. Hurts doing it, repeating it, doing it again. I just don't have any confidence in Geno Smith putting back-to-back years together. So, I think that they're a candidate to be a big regression team. So, I agree with, like, a lot of what you said about Njigba. But I also think that, like, if you don't have the quarterback who's the pure superstar, you want to give him every reason, like, every asset to support him, right? Sure. Yeah, I I, I hear you on that. How, how many third receivers in football are more talented than Jackson Smith and Jigba? There's a few. But it's not many. Like, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba – Kenneth Walker is a not good, great group of skill position guys to support a quarterback. And I'm not even trying to just like fantasy football this, but like, yes, I I think that they, like the Vikings, will score a ton of points. And so maybe people will say that Geno isn't purely great because of him. And that if you would take him and put him in Arizona – that he would look terrible. Okay, fine. But there aren't, there are a few, but there are not many situations in the NFL better than the one that Geno Smith finds himself in. So I'd be well, pretty surprised if he was bad this year. And I, well, I'm going to stand by my take. I think because there's such a high um, level of expectation for him, I think that he's going to get benched this year for performance reasons. And we are going to see Drew Locke start games Ugh. as the Seahawks quarterback. Dude, I okay. That's that's very hot takey. I, <laughs> I I think it's borderline disrespectful, honestly. Well, if you think that's hot takey, uh, I'll give you the next one. The the Rams are they gonna are they gonna f- f- show that last year was just a lost post Super Bowl hangover, or is this really a team that is in complete dis- decay and just ready for the football glue factory? So I think they're done, and I know that you think they're bouncing back. This is going to be one of our big disagreements on the year. And I don't want to take your, steal all your thunder, but I think that they are a bunch of names, yeah. and they are old, and they are injury-prone, and they said F them picks, which I loved because it got him a ring and a parade, and Aaron Donald flirted with retirement, and McVay flirted with television, and Stafford was hurt, and now Cooper Cup is hurt. Kind of. I mean, he's day-to-day. Let's not make it sound like he had a leg amputated or something like that. I don't think I did. I hope I didn't. Well, you said injured. When is day-to-day really injured? I said hurt. I said hurt. Okay. Regardless, they are a very top-heavy roster. Sure. I agree with that. And guys at the top are older. It's not a young team, and it's not a deep team. And guy, that, that's not a good recipe in the NFL. So I do not think they are going to have a good season. I would take the un, I, what what is their total? Six and a six half. Six and a half. Yeah, they're a six win team. So what did they do last year? Five. Yeah. So you think they're only one win better with Matthew Stafford healthy to start the season? Last year they were playing guys like Bryce Perkins at quarterback. They didn't have. Cooper Cup. They had the worst offensive line injury luck in the entire league where they started, I think, a different offensive line combination every week for the entire season. And they only get one win better for you this year? Their offensive line right now, 
Joe Noteboom. Noteboom, yep. Steve Avila, Brian Allen, Tremaine Ankrum Jr., and Rob Havenstein. Yes. They've got about they've got they've got maybe three fifths of an offensive line. And a yeah. statue of a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but don't you trust first of all, quarterbacks have a lot to do with pressures and sacks and things like that. Oh, listen, like, I think I think Stafford is incredibly talented. And it doesn't sound I, like you do. It sounds like you think that was maybe something you would say about him three or four years ago. Well, certainly two. Um, and I listen, man, I, again, there isn't a lot of depth here. I think Stafford True. is very good, obviously. I think Cooper Cup is is excellent. I think Aaron Donald, first ballot Hall of Famer, of course. Danny, it's a very low win total for a team where you just said they have a pretty good quarterback. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Yes. Okay. There's five teams. There's roughly five teams every year that go from a losing record to a postseason berth. Yeah. And so when I do the math, they're one of the five teams I come up with. Losing records to winning records. It's just incredible. Like they had everything go against them last year. And now people think Sean McVay is bored with coaching. The quarterback stinks. And the best defensive player of the last 30 years is like ready to get on with his life's work. Just well, he openly talked about retirement. And Sean McVay openly talked about television. So these are not things that we made up. And the quarterback in his mid-30s was hurt and is a statue and the offensive line is bad. So it's not like this is just something that was made up out of nowhere. There, there are reasons for these concerns about this. And they traded all their draft picks, man. There's not like the, you know. Oh, they're um, overrated. Yeah. Okay. But like, you don't like what Seattle did with their draft picks. But they still had two first-round picks, you know, yeah. and they used it on a corner and a receiver. Fairly yeah. important positions. The Rams' first pick was, what, in the 90s? Yep. So, tough to get, you know, uh, unexpected contribution from a young guy when you're not drafting premium talent. What was your Cardinals question? Okay. My Cardinals question was, we know they're tanking. I saw that they were... Minus 2,200 to miss the playoffs, which I'm sure we've seen longer odds, like in a tougher conference, like maybe sure. Houston a couple of years ago. But yeah. I don't, like, I'm sure it's happened, but I don't remember it. Like, I don't, I can't emphatically say to you the 2019 Houston Texans, whatever. Um, what's their best case scenario? Like, what is a what is there a simulation of this season where they win six games? I do think so. I actually think that like in some ways, and I know that Josh Dobbs isn't Ryan Fitzpatrick, but that's a weird I, sentence, but go ahead. I could see well, they're both very smart. So in that respect, one guy went to Harvard and one guy's a rocket scientist. Um I could see them having like the season the Dolphins had when they were quote tanking for Tua and they wanted to finish with the worst record in the league and they ended up being too good for their own good and they beat New England the last week of the season and F the Patriots and set the Chiefs up for a Super Bowl run. Um, Like... There are some... like I know like they traded Isaiah Simmons, they punted on that draft pick... Um, I couldn't believe that. I know. I mean, well, well like, I, I shouldn't say that. They, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option, and they're trying to lose. So I get why Arizona didn't want him. Yeah. I don't get why every team in the NFL wasn't willing they don't, to Because they think he's just a nickel corner, Danny. They think that's what he is. They don't think he's this jack-of-all-trades guy. That's why. Well, he's – I mean, he had two interceptions, a pick six, a few forced fumbles, and a few sacks last year. So, yeah. I mean, he's actually produced in the NFL. I think their offensive line could be halfway decent. They still have Hollywood Brown. Um, they have a defensive coach, and they made some defensive changes that might work. But they have like, a defensive look, coach that we don't like. Correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you're right. I mean, all I'm saying is that I've seen this movie before, 
No, that that's why I framed it this way. We've seen every year we go into the year convinced we know who the worst team is, and we're right about fifty percent of the time. Like the Falcons looked like a team like this last year, and they were oddly competitive in a bunch of games. You know? Yeah. Well, like, because listen, the, the gap. Like how I thought about it was like obviously the gap between worst and first in the NFL is smaller than any other sport by by far. Um. But I do think that a unique thing with this in particular is the $250 million quarterback who's hurt for the majority of the year. Yeah, and like, I didn't even mention that. I mean, I think Murray's going to play this year. So well, that, when Murray- like, that was like it, my scenario was the reason I said it with the money for, uh, part first was because like they just have a lot of money tied up in a dude who's not playing. But he will so, play this year. And that's why their win total at four and a half. I do think that like there's a there's a still a strong argument for to take them over. Yeah, I still think that. Well, you like Kyler a little more than I do. I don't um, love him though. That would be that would be a misnomer. I I don't. I'm not a huge fan. But because well, I was talking like to someone recently, guts. and they were like, "Are you absolutely convinced that if they get the number one pick, they're trading Kyler?" Yes. And I was like, yes. So am I. Right. Yeah, that's a no brainer. A no-brainer. You yeah, start over. Caleb Williams. Well, yeah, and and you still get something decent for Kyler. Maybe not a lot because you've got to trade that contract, but I agree with you. But, you I mean, young- I, I would think you would get the 25th pick in the draft. No, I don't think you'd get a first-round pick. I think it'd be like an Alex Smith situation. You think you'd get a second? Maybe. Second or third. I think someone would talk themselves into it. Like he's young, he's got a big arm, crazy athletic, obviously undersized, former number one overall pick. I think you'd get something decent for him, but they're gonna probably if they get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. to go with Paris Johnson Jr., who they drafted this year, it's an incredible core of young offensive talent. And then whatever you get for Kyler and you get out from under the contract, all of a sudden they're in a pretty damn good position. But I I just think it's really hard when you're openly tanking. There's nothing on your team that we could point to that's good. You have nothing proven from your coach, and a ton of your money is sitting on the bench. Like I, I do think that they are a deserved favorite to get the number one pick in the draft. Let's do the NFC South. You have the Saints number one here. Uh, is Derek Carr going to win his first playoff game? No. No, he's not. I don't think they're going to win the division. I'm surprised how many people are convinced that the Saints are going to win the division. What do people like? Okay, so what do we like about the Saints? Or what's the conventional wisdom? People like the coach. People like the home field advantage. People like Olave. I don't think people people like the coach very much as Dennis Allen. But so I'm 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 asking. Like, I'm I'm asking. what, what, What is the argument for the Saints? I... I do not look at them and say that this is a team. Like, I I, lo- I love Olave, but no one – I mean, Kamara, right, suspended. What? Yeah. What? Why, why are they a clear favorite? And is it just because everyone else is bad and, they, and Derek Carr, just by moving from AFC to NFC, moves up the rankings of quarterback? Like, I, I genuinely do not get – and I know that there's different – some people like Atlanta, whatever, we'll get to all the other teams. And I know the division's bad and three teams won seven games last year. But I don't look at the Saints and see an obvious strength on the football team. So their defense was actually really good last year. That's not a subjective thing to say. They actually had, in a way, they were kind of like uh, Denver. Not as much uh, eyeballs, not as many eyeballs on them, but like – Wait a minute. If this team actually had, if they actually had a halfway decent offense, they they're cooking with gas here. They got something going on. Yeah, Honey Badger, Lattimore. It's just the numbers back that up. The numbers back yeah. up that they were a very good defense. So if you have the defense to go with, um, you know, Michael Thomas is is still an X factor here. Does that guy have anything left? And if he does, as a former dude that led the league in catches and whatever else, like you pair him with Olave. You've got Jamal Williams at running back who had all those touchdowns last year in Detroit. 
while you wait for um, Kamara to come off his suspension. Yeah, but I, I, I think I think you're right. The, the argument for them is more about the competition in the NFC South than it is who they are as a team. And if that's why they're being picked the division, then no, you can't take them to win a playoff game. Because if you just rank the teams in the league, they're not going to come out as a top 10 team. They're just, well, you also, that- you use the word force multiplier and you and I, you, you've liked Derek Carr more than me for, yep. for, for years. Like, is this a situation where, I mean, is he going to be vintage Derek Carr where he completes 68 to 70% of his passes, gets the ball out quick. Cause I, I actually think that like a, a Camara in his prime is perfect for Derek Carr. You know, like I, I think that that is an unbelievable fit of quarterback and and running back. But I'm not. Is the rest of the team actually built to give you whatever the best version of Derek uh, Carr is? Let me let me put it this way: I think there's a chance. Everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers in New York, and Carr is actually the quarterback who moved, who has the best year. I would pick Aaron Rodgers to do that. That is not on the table. No, disagree. Okay. I mean, we live in a world where ours just not special, man. He's so conservative. Well, what was Jared? Where was Jared Goff before last year? What was Geno Smith? I'm just saying, we'll see. He's comfortable with the coaches there. It's not like he doesn't have weapons. I think the guy could throw between 25 and 30 touchdowns, no problem. Okay. I think that would be a problem. Go to Atlanta now, because Atlanta's another one of these analytics wet dreams. Are you one of these teams that be- that you believe in them with that big three-headed monster of Bijan, London, and Pitts? Well, so I'm obsessed with the Bijan, London, and Pitts thing. Because I, I, I wanted to actually do the exercise with you. How many trios in the league are better? Like, let's 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 knock some out. If I can just you can take any three skill position guys, right? Like McCaffrey, Kittle, Samuel. Right? Okay, clearly. That would be one. Cincy, Chase, Higgins, Mixon? No. No. No, Mixon is not. Mixon's a Mixon's but I mean, but on, on, the pow- back. on the power of Chase and Higgins? Ch- Chase, Higgins, and... Oh, so you're not saying like running back. It doesn't have to be a running back, wide receiver, tight end thing? No, 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 no. How many skill position trios in the NFL, any three guys? Because, I mean, you just did receiver, tight end, running back in... Which is I know what this is, but like, and yeah. just any three. How many are how many are better than this? Because I I personally think that Drake uh, that 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 London's awesome, and Bijan's looked great, and they just didn't pass the ball a lot last year. Marcus Mariota had like no pass, and he was like twenty pass attempts per game. I'm not really sure if that I, I'm not I'm not convinced that changes this year though. Like they're going with Desmond Ritter as their quarterback. But he's got to throw more than Mariota, man. Does he? I mean, Arthur Smith drafted a running back in the first round, Danny. But a running back they want to throw to. I mean, a running back that's going to have 60 catches. I See, I know that London kind of in pits, like maybe like throw this conspiracy, like, like this theory out a little bit or make it a little bit less credible. But, like, I kind of can see Arthur Smith playing multiple running backs at the same time and just being, like, a super run-heavy team. Algier, Patterson, Robinson, and getting all those guys out there at once and just being, like, some, some like, derivative of what the Ravens were a couple years ago. You know, like, well, I don't know. Well, London's rookie year did not blow me away, and I get it. It's because of the system that they had. Um but like I don't see great oh, some of the advanced numbers on him were actually pretty impressive, and he was drafted ahead of Olave. Man, that guy's got he was a the lot. first wide receiver that got picked in that draft. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of talent. I I actually think he got he's picked ahead of Garrett Wilson, right ahead of Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I I think I think he's going to be an absolute monster. So, do you like them then with this trio to win the division? You do. So I, let's put it this way: I like both them and Carolina more than the Saints. Like Danny, you got to really explain the Carolina one to me because when I've seen their offensive line and their lack of weapons, I don't, I don't get that. Okay, so the offensive line, 
looked terrible in a preseason game against Philly. Their offensive line last year was fine. And they brought it back this year. And I read this recently. All of their offensive linemen are under contract for next year. Like they actually have a pretty like a like they've got a lot of continuity on their offensive line. Their offensive line did not grade out as being terrible last year. Now they got absolutely destroyed by the Eagles, who might be the best defensive line in the entire NFL. And then obviously that's concerning with Bryce Young. But so what what is the skill position group is Thielen, Shark, Hurst. Sanders, yeah, right. Uh, and then do they have Mingo? Is that the kid's name? Who's the speedster yeah, from Ole Miss? Yeah. That just seems like a lot of teams like castoffs and leftovers to me. I, I I agree. I don't think that there are difference makers there. But okay, so my argument for Carolina would be they won the seven games last year, and they upgraded at coach and quarterback, and they might have like. This is it's a weird way to go about it, but they get the defensive coordinator from Denver, who had a top five defense in the NFL last year. Yeah, I like him a lot. They bring in Frank Reich. They have Josh McCown, who got a head coaching interview. I know it was Houston, but like Caldwell. They they have a, a superstar coaching staff. Yep. And upgraded at quarterback and have legitimate talent. On deep, I mean, Brian Burns is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. First round pick at defensive tackle. Uh, what horn at corner? Like, I don't know, man. Again, it's a bad division. So if Bryce Young can survive a season in the NFL, I in a wide open division, they won seven games, they upgraded quarterback and coach, and they should be pretty good on the lines. I don't think they're going to be awful. But the the upgrade at quarterback, I think, seems like it's a it's a shoe in or a or a sure bet because you're replacing the combination of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, all three of those guys. Did but, Kyle Allen get in last year or no? no it was a couple of years ago. He was, was in, I think, years. Houston last year. Yeah, that's right. um, I'm just not uh, like I like everything you said about the coaches, but I'm just not really a believer in Bryce Young. And I'm still going to need to be convinced that Frank Reich is a is a fan of and a believer in Young. Like you'd like to, you you want to believe that they took him because a former quarterback who's the head coach there said this is my guy, but he's just so unlike all of the quarterbacks that Reich has had in his career. And before they even knew what was going to go on. He described the type of quarterback he liked, and it was not a guy that resembled Bryce Young. That's why immediately people thought they were going to take C.J. Stroud. So, if it does work, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen in year one. I think it's down the road. Listen, I, I think they clear. I mean, right? They they traded D.J. Moore, and they do not have a difference making weapon on offense. That's undeniably true. So I think that there are going to be moments where the offense looks really, really rough for a rookie quarterback making the transition. Um, but I just – I don't think they're as bad as everybody makes them out to be. I think I, I'm not, like, going to sit here and say that I'm very interested in the NFC South. It's a bad division that has no team that has a chance to be a contender in the NFC. Yep. But it is interesting to me how – is there a more wide open division in football? Like, there's not a favorite that you want to plan a flag. Well, it depends. Like, let's get to the last team here, the Bucks. Do you give them? Like, do you think that they can? Are they a live wire? No. Okay, so then it's a three division race. A three Dude, team I mean, race. Because, like, like, I think I think that Tampa's got an outside shot at the number one pick. Like, I th- I think that they could be a team that's that that actually trades. Yeah. In, in season. I agree with that. Um, and I also think that at any moment, they can decide to tank the season and just play Kyle Trask, who, if they believed in him at all last year, he would have gotten more run. He's a complete zero. Yep. 
You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm sure he's a nice guy, whatever, but like, he's not an NFL player. So if they trot out Kyle Trask, they're losing every single game that he starts. And I don't think that Baker Mayfield has such a stranglehold on that job that it's beyond the realm of possibility that like Mike Evans asks for a trade and him and Levante David get out of there. And all of a sudden it's Chris Godwin getting 10 balls thrown at his feet from Kyle Trask and they lose the last like 11 games of the year. I'm just going to put this out there because like I'm on the record of saying, I think new Orleans is going to win the division. I think they're the best team, but I just want to make sure that this is recorded and we have this saved away. Like, I do think that there's a very small chance we're like halfway through the NFL season and we're talking about the Bucks, and it's like, man, they remind me of Seattle from last year because they've got the two receivers like Seattle did with Godwin and Evans if they stay healthy. And it's a quarterback that was we like, okay, this guy's only here as a stopgap and they're going to move on and draft somebody the next year and Baker Mayfield sucks and we've seen him blah, 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 and all that. Like, we've seen the guy throw 28 touchdown passes in the season. We've seen him win a playoff game and look competitive in a place like Kansas City in both the playoffs and the regular season. If I believed in their coach more, I'd actually consider betting Tampa Bay to win the division just because their odds are so astronomical. But I'm just so far out on Todd Bowles that I don't think it could happen. But like, I don't know, man. A, like, like, I think that's the like Ryan Jensen thing throws like a monkey wrench into that him getting hurt already and being out for the year. But like, I could actually see Mayfield landing on his feet decently this season. More than last year in Carolina. I did not have that feeling about him last year, but I have more of a feeling because of what they have in Tampa Bay on offense. I just think that's a little disrespectful to what we saw Geno Smith do. Well, of course you're going to say that because you're a Geno disciple. You're a Geno lover. I mean, Baker Mayfield has played a ton of football, man. Yeah, and you know what? I don't I don't like the guy, but there's like, if he's played, let's say, let's say he's played 60 games. He's played more than that, actually. Let's say he's played. He's played. He's played I, I'm looking at. It. He's played 72 games. He's played 72 games. Are there are there 30 good games in there? Probably. Probably. Right. I mean, uh, he's a career 61 percent completion what? percentage guy. Let me just say this: Do you think? And I know you have a different opinion of this guy than me. Do you think there's a big difference between Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield? I think that, yeah, I think that Derek Carr is more efficient than Baker Mayfield. Okay. You know, I think, I think he, I think Derek Carr puts the ball where it's supposed to be in the most conservative way. And Baker Mayfield is a gunslinger who misses the open read sometimes. Yeah, I do. I, I, I don't, I, I think, I think he's done. I, I, I think that the Bucks are going to be, have a top five pick in the NFL draft. All right, we'll we'll revisit this after they upset somebody in week one, and you're like, "Oh shit, Pony, maybe you're onto something." I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Thanks to Mike and for Spencer Ray. Tell a friend we grind here for this for you guys. Which we're up to two a week, Pony. You ready for two a week? I am. I'm actually very ready for it. Okay. Well, we will be coming to you. So what after Chiefs Lions? Lions Chiefs, yeah. After Chiefs Lions for the full week one breakdown. And then we're off and rolling, baby, after Sunday night football in week one. Tell a friend, every game, every team, every week, first and pot. Peace. <laughs>